everybody, and welcome to the Behind the Creative podcast. My name is Tina Facetti, the Chief Creative Officer of uh, the agency network at MGH Life Sciences. And today we are going to be speaking with Glue Advertising's Cindy Macklis, the CEO and founder of Glue Advertising, as well as Nate Whipple, who is the senior producer of Glue Advertising. And they're going to tell us all about the for my lung health campaign, which they won an Apex Award for. So congratulations on your award. Um, and thank we you. are so excited. Thank you so much for having us and thank you for the award. We, the day we woke up, Nate sent me a quick email and said we won. And uh, yes, yeah, so we celebrated and have been excited ever since. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we we really, uh, you know, the Apex Awards is, is judged by uh, HCPs and or patients so that the end user, not creative folks. So we uh, felt like that was needed in the industry. And so uh, it's a real honor to be awarded by the people that are actually the audience for um, these ideas. So uh, at any rate, let's get started with some questions and we just wanna hear um, all about the campaign. So we'll start with, you know, how did the American Thoracic Society uh, and American College of Chess Physicians first approach you about taking part in the campaign? Well, we were originally contacted through ATS. They took the lead on this initiative mm -hmm. and the chief of development, Michelle Turan and I have a mutual friend in common, Mark Salyer. So the two of them were talking about what could be done that would be impactful that would ensure that people who are living with chronic lung diseases were taking appropriate care of themselves. It was clear that these people were more vulnerable during the pandemic, mm -hmm. and yet there was so much noise and confusion about what to do. And so Michelle and Mark reached out to me and they asked if I would brainstorm with them. And the result of that brainstorm was the campaign that became For My Lung Health. That's wonderful. That's great. Do you want to jump in, Nate, and tell us a little bit about um, the production and, and how, um, how it sort of went and the whole process of, of uh, you know, were these real patients or, or were they um, actors in the campaign? So because of the pandemic, we actually had to use a lot of uh, stock video. Uh, oh, okay. And, and that was actually one of the challenges we, we found is at that time, we weren't able to get people wearing masks um, because a lot of stock, one, we didn't want to film uh, because of COVID restrictions. And at that time, we we're still trying to figure out what would be safe. So because of that, we ended up using stock video mm -hmm. and, and it required us to um, uh, let me start this over. Yep. Uh, Cindy, do you want me to do, do you have anything you want to? No, I think or? that you're doing, that you're doing perfectly and you okay. should do it. All right. <laughs> so to start things off, because of the pandemic, we had some limitations, uh, with the, uh, filming process. So we decided rather than filming, we would use stock video, but the issue there is there were no videos uh, with anyone in masks. So we just went, went the route without using masks, um, but we were able to develop the video um, and the way this all went is uh, we first had our conversation with the client on April 15th of 2020. Yeah. 
and then went live exactly two months later, um, which was very quick turnaround. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were able to follow the normal process that we, we usually use, which is uh, we started with the creative brief and storyboards. And then from there, we were able to develop the video asset, a logo for the initiative, a landing page, and outreach through social media, which was all done in record time. And everything was done in English and Spanish to eliminate language, uh, language barriers. Right. Because our target audience was uh, the underserved communities. You know, I, I think that um, in doing these podcasts during this time, I've run into a lot of situations where, you know, producers, creative teams are really put to the test. You have to do this fast, right? Because it's COVID, you have to do it without using models and you have to make it look like you didn't use stock, which I think, I think it, I would have, I would, I would not have known you use stock. So great job, by the way. Well, thank you for that. Yes. That was the goal. And yeah. Tina, that was hard. The other point just to build on what Nate said is we had to make sure because people were not wearing masks that we had appropriate distance between people or if they were close to each other, they were obviously family members. So there was a lot of care that went into the choice. And yeah. we probably spent, oh, seven, eight days, almost round the clock going through stock in order to get something that would work. And to your point would come across as authentic. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a, it's a challenge. Uh, and, and it's, it's been so rewarding to, to do these podcasts and hear the different teams and, and what they've had to do. There was, there was one team that actually had to create all the images of the models and everything for their campaign in CGI. So the people were not even real and I would have never known. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting about that. We've used a lot of CGI during the pandemic too, not for this particular campaign, Yep. What we found is CGI artists were hard to book because so many people were using them. <laughs> That's true. I know it's, it's true. It's been, uh, it, it's interesting because I think so many creative departments, like I said, and producers, the, the folks that are trying to make it all happen, you know, I think before the pandemic, we might've said, no, you can't do that. It's not possible. And, and now just about anything's possible. And, um, that was that was very uh, enlightening for all of us. It sort of uh, made us realize that we can we can make things happen that we thought couldn't. It's rewarding. Yes, yes. true. So, um, looking back to the beginning of the pandemic and comparing it to what we now know, what was the sense of urgency in getting this message out to the masses as quickly as possible? We absolutely believed that every day that went by could be another day that people could be getting sick or dying because they were not taking the right steps to protect their lung health. So we felt an enormous amount of pressure to get this campaign from, as Nate said, through the process from creative brief to storyboards and get the video all edited and together and then put it out there. Uh, and it was a it was kind of a round the clock effort as so many things are. Fortunately, ATS and CHEST, they were there at every step of the way to give us the approvals and the input we needed. And everybody held hands as you have to do when there is a tight timeline. And because of that partnership, we not only produced something that we were proud of, but we produced something as Nate said in record time. That's amazing. 
That's amazing. Um, Nate, can you tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, the team that you worked with to produce this, a little bit about the creative team, maybe the editors? Yeah, so uh, here at Glue, we, we structure ourselves. Uh, we're always, we're able to staff up and staff down depending on um, needs of the client. So we brought in actually Cindy. I don't know. Do you happen to know who was brought in for the, the editor? editor? Yeah. So we actually we use people out in LA who nice. are extremely sophisticated. We think at editing. We love the New York people too, but we have a great crew in LA. And uh -huh. one of the benefits that that gives us, given the time situation that we have, is we're able to get up in the morning, figure out what needs to be done, and then brief the team in LA, and they can work late by their standards, which would be uh, very, very late by our standards. So it almost was a 24-7 operation. Wow. I love that. I love that. And I think that, you know, oftentimes, uh, I know in my career, I've had clients, you know, out in LA, and it was more like trying to work around that. And I, I would even do um, shifts with the team and someone would come in at, some people would come in at noon and some people would come in in the morning, but, um, and it was more about working around the client, but in this situation, it actually worked in your favor to work with a team from the West coast. So I, I love that. Yeah. And, and the clients knew that we hopefully could get feedback from them by noon. And that way we could turn on our team out in LA and then they could hit the ground running. So it, uh, yeah, it was very transparent and it really worked. I love that. And, and to your point, you know, just this idea that um, the longer it takes you to produce this, it could mean a life, you know, it's just, just it, it's, it's very uh, sobering. Hmm. Um, well, the, the, the steps that we, propose that people take in the campaign were very straightforward. A lot of it was continue to take your medication as directed. If you're having these kinds of symptoms, go quickly to an emergency room. Much of that information was being put out there by others, but not in a credible, clear, structured way. Right. And the other benefit that we had with this campaign is that we had the stature of ATS and chest behind those messages. Right. In addition, they turned on their members with social media. Uh, we, we basically cut the video up into short social media spurts, those six second or 10 second commercials that work really well in social. And so they were able to also get the physicians who were part of their networks and uh, to push it out and leverage their influence. Nice. Yeah, another thing to add here um, is because of the beginning of the pandemic, it, it, everything was, we were learning everything all at once. Everyone was, you know, at, at the beginning, people didn't want to touch their groceries because they were so scared they'd get COVID. Um, right. And so it was, it was sort of a, it was a learning curve. And, uh, and because of that, the campaign actually evolved. We actually ended up developing a second page because of uh, just sort of mask etiquette and how to, how to wear your mask. Something that sounds so simple, 
Um, but we ended up developing a second page just to specifically talk about wearing the mask and, you know, cover your mouth and nose and here's how to wash it. And, uh, and just sort of, we kind of, uh, evolved the campaign depending on what we were learning, uh, that was going around, uh, going on in the world. Now that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I thought it was incredibly comprehensive and I wish, I wish it was sent to me, you know, I, cause I know at the time that it was so hard to get clear, um, clear communication about what to do. And, um, you know, I, I had, um, I lost my brother to COVID um, and he wasn't sure what to do. And, you know, I wondered had he done something different. Uh, so it, it is, um, incredibly important that you guys got this out to the world <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that tina that um it uh it has been such a challenging time and so many people have lost people close to them but i'm sorry to hear you lost a brother thank you yeah it was you know it it was you know it was i just remember that time and you know seeing your site was i was i was like i wish i had access to it um even, even back then, you know, it was my family members were just catching it and it was just not, it was crazy, you know, so I can, I really get the, the, the gravity and the, and the importance of, of this campaign. Um, Michael, do you want to jump in and, and uh, would love to have you ask a few questions? Certainly. I, I would say that when we talk about urgency around, around any campaign, I think everyone understands what, what urgency means. But when we think about urgency in March and April of 2020, I, I can imagine urgency takes on a different frame of mind, mainly because the information was coming out so quickly, uh, whether it be through news networks, social media, and then sometimes conflicting news reports and conflicting so social medias. So can you speak to the challenge of not just having to deal with urgency from the agency side and just general work having to be done quickly, but you're probably switching and everyone was working remote at the same time. Everything was being done different technologically. So can you speak to kind of how the, 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 the definition of urgency changed for you during that time? Yes, well, first of all, as you say, we had to get used to working together a little bit differently. We have never had a traditional agency in that people needed to be in the office every day but suddenly no one was in the office ever. Right. We made a decision, in fact, as an agency, my son works at Amazon and I don't know if you recall, but they had one of the first cases and they closed those offices in late February. Yep. So in early March, I sat down with Alan Rothenberg, who's the co-founder of Glue. And I said to him, I think that we should close the agency now. And he said, have there been any cases in New York? And I said, what are we waiting for? They're going to be. So we closed in early March. And as Nate said, we got this call in mid-April. So we were all working remotely. At that point, I think that we had very much perfected the formula, but we had to be very cognizant of when you're working remotely, when something would be available for review and who was going to review it first, the sequence of review, and what the timeline would be to get it back to our team in LA. So when they would be ready to hit the ground, when I talked about that 12 noon East Coast time, 9 a.m. their time, that was all built into the process. And this is what I think it takes to work even now when you're not sitting side by side together as we got very used to doing. So true. 
That's so true. So you guys were really, um, well, you were halfway there, right? So you, you worked remotely um, to begin with, but but sort of to some, also degree, to some degree, we had a we had a great office in in Chelsea that we all loved. And we actually we had that office until just last April because in New York City, landlords do not get let you get out of your lease. So we um, had an empty office for a very long time. But we had never had a situation where we expected people to be in the office every day. I have always thought that glue needed to be different than what I had been used to my whole career. Yeah. And it seemed to me that we could be more flexible and nimble and innovative if we allowed people the flexibility to work in a different way. Yeah. And that's what we've always done. In some cases, our members of our creative team have always been in California. They were never in New York. So even though we had an office and we've always had a core team here, yeah. we have never had a team where everybody is in the same place all at one time. And that's since Glue was founded in 2013. Yeah. No, that's great. It's it's definitely we have a, a sort of remote, a half half remote situation here, and um, and it is great because you can get the right talent to task. That's that's right for your company, for your your culture, um, for the clients. You know, it's it's wonderful. Um, are you back? Are you back in the office at all now, or are you staying? 100%? We are. We are not. And Nate, uh, why don't you talk about where you are? Yeah, so at the beginning of the pandemic, I, I made the choice uh, to first move back to Connecticut um, because I just, I didn't want to be in a, an apartment with a roommate working there. Uh, my roommate got laid off from his job at the beginning of the pandemic, and I didn't want to be there in his, in his space um, and trying to get my work done. So I ended up moving back to Connecticut to live with my parents. And, uh, and then I made the choice. I called up Cindy and said, would it be all right if I moved permanently to new, back to New England where I'm originally from. So I, I now work remotely in New York, uh, work for a company in New York and I live in Providence, Rhode Island. So, nice. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't be happier with my situation. Uh, yeah, it's great. I get to be close to my family, which is really nice. That's awesome. And yeah. you know, when, when employees are happy, then that, that all comes out in the work that we do, right. And how we feel about our jobs. So I think that's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And when you have those late, late hours, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's not an issue because, uh, I'm, one, I'm doing something I love and, uh, I'm in a place that I love, so I really can't complain much. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's the best of all worlds. I love that. And, and that's great, Cindy, that, you know, you make that possible for your team. I think it's terrific. Well, I think it goes back to what Nate said. Uh, we all really do love what we do. I've been doing this for so long. I've lost count of the number of years. <laughs> it's probably a good thing. And I still get up every morning excited to do the work. And mm -hmm. we do have a passionate team like that. So we don't have to be checking that people are working or what they're doing. Everybody kind of knows what needs to be done. And we all get it done. And then we go and something else that we like to do that's just with our friends or family i love that absolutely love that um is there anything else again you know great job on the campaign and and just so happy that you guys won the award because it, it's it's a message that needed to be told but can you is there anything else that you would 
like to en enlighten us on, on the campaign that we might not have talked about? Yes, I think it also is very important for us to talk about the fact that this campaign was focused on people of color. Yep. And the reason for that is their communities were being disproportionately affected by COVID and not enough was being done to address that. In fact, right around the time we were developing the campaign, there was an article in the Chicago Tribune that I circulated to the team and it was a very detailed analysis of how people of color were being stigmatized and blamed for getting COVID. <gasps> yeah, so we decided oh, wow. that this would be an insight. It would be part of the way that we would open the campaign to so start our video and even it was the opening on the, the landing page as well. And for those who've seen the video, it be it's called Anyone and yep. it begins with, anyone can get COVID. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do, or where you live. Yep. And we show a variety of different people to represent a whole range of, again, people of color, but a whole range of activities that they might be doing. Mm -hmm. And that is thematically pulled through in the video and, and the landing page as well. Yeah, that's incredibly important. I mean, that that's a an incredibly powerful insight and a story that needed to be <laughs> communicated and told. Um, it is true, it, it doesn't discriminate. And I think people know that now, but particularly back when you were working on it, that was the very, very beginning of the pandemic. And, um, you know, so getting that message out there so early, incredibly important. So much of, of anything that was communicated about, you know, this um, COVID it was, was all about timely communication. Um, so I'm sure you guys are one of the first out there with that message, which is awesome. Yeah, I think as far as I know, we were. And I think what was important is you have ATS and CHEST who have a lot of stature as global leaders in lung health yep. who put their imprimatur on this and they were the force behind the message. And it gave it a lot of credibility. As you say, there was a lot of information, but no one knew quite what to believe. Yeah, and that's that's a that's an excellent point. It's it's all all comes back to who the message is being delivered by, and they certainly have the uh, the credibility to deliver that message. I hundred percent agree. So, um, re really um, meaningful and important campaign to have launched. So I, I, and I know, um, I, I believe the the website is no longer active. But if you if you guys want to share. Um, you know, where folks can find the video or uh, any other information, uh, please feel free. Yeah, the video is on YouTube still, mm -hmm. and it is in both English and Spanish, as Nate said. Yep. What's great is in the first six weeks, we got something like, I don't know, 2.6 or 2.7 million views. So it was, the uptake was very, very quick, and it's continued to grow. Uh, and uh, because I think the message is still relevant, it's not quite, the, uh, the sense of urgency is not quite the same, but the importance as the pandemic changes of continuing to take your medications and continuing to stay in touch with your doctor is still very relevant. And I think just another point is that on the Spanish side, which you'll see, you can toggle between the two relatively easily. On the Spanish side, we got a high percentage of traffic 
much higher than is typical for campaigns when they're in uh, two languages, which made us feel that it was even more important that we presented it that way. That's awesome. That's on YouTube. And also, I don't know if it's still something that you can find on the ATS site and or the chess site. It used to be there. Uh, not, that I'm not sure about. Yeah, to your point, this pandemic is not over. <laughs> And it's still relevant, I think, if anything, now more than ever, because people are starting to develop this sense of security and there's still another variant floating around. So um, it's it's not as though um, it takes on it takes on a different meaning, but it's still a very relevant message. It still needs to be communicated. But just thank goodness we now have more protection than we did then. Absolutely. And they can so you can find. Uh, the video on YouTube under My Lung Health. Yeah, My Lung Health. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, I hope everybody will take some time to go take a look at, at again, the, this very important, uh, important campaign. And um, thank you, Cindy and Nate, so much. I mean, we really enjoyed uh, hearing all about the campaign and meeting both of you. Thank you so much. As Tina said, uh, Tina, as you and I talked about, it was overdue for us to meet. So I'm glad we had a chance. I know. Me too. It's a, a, definitely a pleasure. And we'll be uh, hosting the Apex Awards this year in June in New York. So we're hoping that, you know, you guys have a campaign to enter and maybe we'll see you there. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. <laughs>